before the beginning of the beginning of anything that ever was, there was God. And there was nothing. Now this nothingness was so empty that, well, it was emptier than anything anyone could possibly imagine. So God decided to fill it with a story. He said, once upon a time, there was light. And you know, there was light. And he called that light day. And the darkness that was left over, he called that night. And the light and the darkness together, he called the first day. And God said, I like it. God continued telling his story because it was only just getting started. He said, once there was a sky, an enormous sky, and it was filled with what we now know to be planets and stars and galaxies. I don't know how he did it, but there it was. And when God looked at all of that, he said, heaven. God went on. He spoke of land, lots of land, surrounded by even more water. And on that land, things began to sprout up, all kinds of plants and trees, bushes, shrubs, vines, and flowers. And because he wanted this story to go on for a very long time, he gave each one of those plants seeds so that they could reproduce. God said, this is good stuff. On the fourth day, God said, a greater light should, should rule the day, and a lesser should rule the night. And he called that greater light sun, and the lesser light moon. And so it was. And God said, this is great. On the fifth day, he started adding some characters to this story. There were whales and jellyfish, porpoises and shrimp. There were majestic eagles, hummingbirds, peacocks, and owls. And he gave each of them the ability to birth their own kind. And soon, the Oceans and the sky were filled with them. And when God saw all those colorful fish in the sparkling water, and when he saw how the birds graced the air, oh, he just sighed and said, wonderful. Now, the sixth day got really busy, and he added many more characters to this story. There were wild creatures in the jungles and forests. There were peaceful ones on the pastures and the plains. There were creeping, crawling, growling, howling, buzzing things. But then God had some inspiration. The best was yet to come. He said, I think I'll make a creature that can take care of the other characters in this story. One that continues to tell the story so it will go on and on and so he made a character in the very image of the storyteller himself. For this one, 
He scooped up dust from the earth, and out of clay he formed it so that it would be connected to creation. And then he breathed his own spirit into it so it would be connected to itself. And this particular character came in two styles, male and female. And he told them how important it was that they should take care of all the parts of this story. And he gave them everything they needed to do just that. And after this was done, God took a step back and he looked at everything he had spoken into being. And he said, this is awesome! And then on the seventh day, God took a break from telling the story. He decided that there should be a day just to rest and enjoy all the wonder and beauty that he had made. He called that day Sabbath. Now later, Sabbath spoke to God and said, you know, I can't help noticing that everything seems to have a partner. Earth has sky, sun has moon, day has night, man has woman. Why, where's my partner? And God replied, the people who will delight in me and keep you holy, they shall be one with me and one with all creation. They shall be your partner, dear Sabbath. And so it is. When God speaks, when God breathes, sort of like he did in that creation story, sermons morph. That's what happened this week. I started out with a sermon on how dusty we are, that God reaches down and, and we are earth, right out of the earth. And it went and went up until Friday. <laughs> and Friday is my Sabbath. I hope you all have a Sabbath. You need it. God commands it. I needed this Sabbath. I had an unsettling week or three or four. And, and I needed grounding and I needed to be renewed and I needed to connect with God. And so as a little background, I need to tell you that I really am not one who communes with nature historically. I, I'm, I'm not a tree hugger. Um, I recycle. I love nature. But I wouldn't describe myself as, you know, um, an earth, earth person, you know. Uh, I would choose cowboy boots any moment over earth shoes, even when none of them were in style. But I've been noticing that I need to get out and walk. I need to be outdoors. I need to be in nature more and more. And so this morning, this last Friday morning, I got up and put on my walking shoes and headed to the park that's just south of my house. And right now, it's just gorgeous. There are seeds of wildflowers, deep purples and, and electric reds and oranges sprinkled throughout, and then these shooting little, little white and pink stalks. And it's just breathtaking. And so as I was walking that morning, I thought, you know, I wonder what it'd be like to go in among the flowers.
times. And, and I thought, no, no. And my, my grandson, John, had, had invited me to do just that um, last week on Easter afternoon. You know, come on, guys, follow me. It's like, no, no, we adults really don't do that. And so I kept walking. And, and I was talking to a friend of mine. Um, you know her name's Reverend Lil Smith, one of our parish associates. And she's also a spiritual director. And, um, and we were just having a conversation. She says, well, what are you doing on your Sabbath? And I said, walking. And then, like a good spiritual director, she said, well, what are you walking toward? And what are you walking away from? What are you leaving behind? And I said, well, I'm walking toward wildflowers. And they're, they're really beautiful. They're, they're God's beauty. I see it. It's peace and safety. And, and then I realized that once more I had the invitation to not only go into the wildflowers, but maybe, if it was time, even to dance. And so I went and I, I sat and the wildflowers were taller than me and they, and they were just quivering in the breeze there. And, and it was just the most beautiful, soft, um, intricate, delicate creation around me, up close and personal. And I sat there breathing the same air that they're exhaling, these flowers, the breath, the spirit. And, and then a song came to mind, and this is what happened. And the Father will dance over you in joy. He will take delight in whom he loves. Is that a choir I hear singing the praises of God? No, himself is exulting o'er you in song. God rejoices over you. God rejoices over you. God rejoices over you in song. And just when that song entered my mind, more so than you saw here, because I took this video after that for you, and more so than that, it was all of a sudden the wind just whipped up and, and the flowers around me were just dipping and swaying and, and swooning and perfectly dancing along with the trees in the background. And it was like God was dancing over me with song. It was like I was on the first row of this glorious ballet, and I'm telling you that Walt Disney couldn't have orchestrated it any better. When I couldn't yet dance, God was dancing over me in joy. Some theologians say that the earth is God's body. That just like the church is Christ's body, the earth is the embodiment of God, the incarnation. Now, I don't know about that, 
I know that before Friday, I would have argued that, and I would have at least analyzed it. But now I'm just not sure. Because God was dancing over me. I know that the prophets and the psalmists talk about how the trees will clap their hands and how the mountains and the hills will sing forth in joy. But I wonder, is it God singing? 